The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach. Thank you for tuning in today. I have a great friend, coach, and mentor joining us today. Former NCAA D1 wrestler, Appalachian Trail through hiker, three-time Ironman meditation master. Gerald spent over a decade working in the nightlife and entertainment industry, now shares his in-depth knowledge of life, his self-mastery journey, and he is also the founder of the Man Movement. Thank you, Gerald. It's a privilege to have you. Thanks, man. I'm super pumped to be here, and I'm, I'm grateful, and thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. For people that don't know uh, that you've impacted my life uh, in a way, on the coaching and mentoring way, the, this podcast might not be here if I didn't have the work with Gerald here. So I appreciate you, and I'm sure our listeners are going to appreciate you as well, knowing that you played a role into me actually making this and getting out of my own way to start this. Thanks, brother. Well, you already had the vision. I just helped you see that you are already worthy of doing what your mastery is and you've been doing. You're, you're, really, uh, you're really a proof that all is possible when you just really build a plan and stay to it. Absolutely. And that, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to touch up on with you because uh, commitment in general is one of the the hardest things. We we always have knowledge and intellectual knowledge and understanding, but the commitment piece is really difficult. And some things that always impress me about you, man, is Appalachian Trail through hiker. That that is extraordinary, first of all. And then three times Ironman. And and I only only thought about for those who don't know the Appalachian Trail. We'll talk a little bit about that, but. To, to be committed enough to actually complete it, <laughs> right? It goes through, I think, yeah. 14 states, that trail? Yeah, it's 14 states, 2,189.5 miles. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think they say like over 3,000 people a year try and like under 1,000 or like 900 completed or something like a weird number. But it's definitely a metaphor for life. Is everything on that trail is a mirror of what you'll experience in life. And it's all how you embrace it. Mm -hmm. Which no. I found very exciting and interesting mm -hmm. and also a, a good excuse to get out of the nine to five and go have a, <laughs> a, a big kid's adventure. <laughs> that, that is a pretty crazy adventure, man. Now, when, when you were on there, yeah. I, I'm sure there was moments on that 2000 plus miles <laughs> that you didn't feel like doing the, or the work, continuing the hike. And just like you said, a metaphor for life, that's what commitment's all about. When you, when you don't feel like doing what you have to do, but you were already on the hike. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what was going through your head uh, when you were doing that trail. So, I mean, I didn't really have any moments on the trail where I was like, man, I don't want to be here. 
Um, I did have a lot of moments where I was frustrated. And I think that's a really interesting piece of the puzzle is that if you don't have the want or the burning desire, then move on to something else. Because you have to want to hike 150 days, 20 miles a day, and be out there and be committed to that experience. If that doesn't burn in you, then you're going to hate the experience. Every day was like, like a magical experience for me, right? Was it grueling? Yes. Was there, did I, listen, I'm a, I'm a born and raised kid from Flushing, Queens, right? Grew up in Flushing, Queens, then moved to Long Island. The most camping I've seen is you pull a car up to a parking spot and you pop the Coleman's tent out with the whole entire food chest, okay? So I had no idea that you would, you would tr- ascend and descend the height of Mount Everest 27 times on that trail. So that alone was like, there comes points where you're like, you know, when's this going to end? Like, when's this up going to end? And then your knees are shot. And on the way down, it's probably more painful. And there was a lot of those experiences. But the one that really shaped me right away was, you know, you, you start Georgia, right? Georgia's like, I would say the first 30 to 40 miles are like, you're pumped. You could do the whole thing on like a, like a power bar and be like flying through the trail. You're just, the adrenaline is so high, right? And I remember getting to the border of Georgia and then the Carolinas, right? And I think it was North Carolina, which borderlines like Tennessee or something. And I'm sitting there with a bunch of random, you know, people that are hiking the trail. And I look over and I'm like, that looks like really misty, like over there, like rainy, you know? And they're like, yeah, you know, whatever. And that idea of like, looks like misty turned into seven days of rain. And it never, it was like forest gump. It never stopped raining, whether it was light rain, hard rain, sideways rain, rain coming from the ground where you're like, how is this possible? Mud, like you've never seen mud. You can't get clean. Your hands are pruning. You're opening up your tent. There's slugs in it. It's gross. Right. And all you're dreaming about was like by the seventh day, you knew you were getting up and you were hiking to what we call like a crossing where a shuttle or some sort of, you know, people from the trail are called trailing angels that would pick you up and bring you into town. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to get a shower. That's all I cared about. Like I'm going to shower and be in a hotel that's dry. And it just so happened that that day was my 35th birthday. And as I'm hiking the trail and I'm like, I'm like going fast. I want to make it to this exact time. Like 11 o'clock is when that bus was going to be there. And I remember just eating it, slipping. And I had mud from the top of my head to like the bottom of my feet. And I was on my hands and knees and I could like look up and they call it the green tunnel because there's a lot of green foliage on the Appalachian Trail. It's not like the PCT where it's desert. And, you know, it's it's really like a lot. You can barely see out of the, the top but I could see the raindrops coming down. It was like the matrix. Like there was each little isolated drop was hitting me. And I was just like, so frustrated. I was like, God, what are you trying to teach me? And obviously he didn't say like, well, listen, (laughs) there wasn't like a a definitive moment, but I did get a sense of something just told me, just get up and keep walking. And that was all you could do. You either stay there in the, in the mud and let that situation own you or you get up and go. You know how they say, get up and dust yourself off, right? And I made it to that crossing. And when that van picked me up, 
and the heat from the van. It's like the subtle things that when you have nothing, the subtle things are everything, right? I could care less if someone was like, here's this Ferrari. I'd be like, dude, I just want the van with a seat and the heat. And I felt that heat on me. We got to town. I just took a shower in that this rinky hotel. And I went to a local bar right down the street and I got, you know, like a bacon cheeseburger and a black and tan. And I remember picking up the phone, calling my mom for my birthday. And I was like, I know exactly how millionaires feel like. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, cause I have everything I've ever wanted. And all I wanted was those little pieces of comfort from the elements. And once I said that, ironically enough, I go outside, the clouds break and the sun comes out. And I just had a sense like, you could do this. Like whatever's coming at you, just do it with a smile. Like the, the sun will come out. And I took that philosophy into life, you know, like whatever's going on in your life in the moment, you're confused. But if you forge forward through it and you stay the course, right, you stay committed to the process, you will eventually get somewhere. It might not be where you thought you were going, but it'll be exactly where you need to be. That's a great story. And it's absolutely true that it's the little things, right? And I can relate to that when I was trapped in a submarine, like for a while, like it was just the little things. I, I wanted to take a long shower, but I couldn't. I wanted to like mm. sleep in a bed. <laughs> I couldn't. It was like the little things that you, you don't notice how much you don't appreciate until they're not there. And I kind of yeah. I kind of skipped over the part where we, I, I worked with you with man movement, which I was honored to be part of that uh, and to be coached by you. Uh, at what point did you decide or just know, maybe it was just a, a knowing that you had to create the man movement and mm. start sharing your experiences, knowledge and wisdom with other people? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, after the trail, that was 2015, you know, I came back and you know, I had thought that I would know exactly what I want to do. I think a lot of people have that moment where they're like, now I know. I had no idea. I just felt calmer because I had hiked for so long. It was like a walking meditation. Um, I ended up getting into the ad tech space, which I believe, you know, kind of pulled me away from inevitably where I was. But it, I learned a skill set there that I needed to learn, right? Again, the journey. Um, I did a couple of years in ad tech and worked like a typical person I work well not typical but I worked like 19 hours a day seven days a week you know go crush it Gary V in it and everything like that and um that industry like really um oh sorry about that one second okay. I lost you there for a second can you still hear me yeah 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 I can hear you Okay. Um, so I did that for like three years and I was like completely drained after doing that, but I made truckloads of money. And then I took a break in 2019. I, I went through like a pretty tough breakup and I knew that something critical had to happen. Right. Cause I looked at my life as like a, a great wheel and I was just kind of circulating every five years, the same experience, right? So I'd go on an adventure, I'd recalibrate, I'd get this awesome career, I'd get to the top, fucking miserable. And then I'd recalibrate and do it again. This time I knew 
I was like, something has to be drastic. So I went on what I would call eat, pray, love for dudes. I called it man tears. I just literally put everything into a storage unit and flew to Bali in Indonesia. I spent two months in Bali where I just ended up falling into all these beautiful experiences. I actually read the surrender experiment by Michael J. Singer on the plane ride. I had 20 something hours and I, I landed with an idea that I'm going to surrender to everything. I'm not going to question it. If it comes at me, it's coming for me. I'm going to surrender, right? Yoga teacher training freaking fell into my lap. Boom. I ended up becoming a yoga teacher. Never did I ever plan that. Stay in Bali for two months. Then I end up applying for a Vipassana, which I've applied for hundreds of times before I got denied. I get into one of the hardest ones in the country, which is Dharma Sota in New Delhi, India. I go and meditate, the only American there, 100 hours, 10 hours a day in pure silence, can't even communicate if I even tried anyway. So that was a plus. Ended up going to Varanasi after that. It's the holiest city in the world, oldest city in the world. Met with sadhus, holy men, traveling around, just wherever it took me soaking up knowledge and experience. Then I end up in the Amazon jungle studying plant medicine, which I've done before, but never in the jungle jungle with the Shipibo people finished up in sacred Valley in Samadhi with some Wachuma ceremonies and a lot of introspective thinking. So on that trip, I rekindled with an old friend of mine who you probably know, Gerard Adams, who, who's the founder of leaders, create leaders. And he also sold elite daily for 50 million. That's his big claim to fame. And he had asked me to come on board to work with him and, and do events. And I was like, yo, I made it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to work for a millennial entrepreneur. I'm in conscious business and I'm back in LA and I manifested my dream house in Topanga. I'm living up on a mountain. My neighbor Seal, the singer, is playing tennis with Roger Federer. I'm like, yo, I, I arrived. This is it. Eat, pray, love. I, I made it, baby. And uh, before you know, COVID comes, like a snap of a finger, he's like, yo, my business is all events-based, so I got to let you go, you know? And I'm like, I just signed a lease on apartment, uh, just starting to get wealth back. I'm like, what am I going to do? This is the crucial takeaway. In that moment, instead of panic, which I would have probably done, right? I got to get a job, right? I got to. I changed the narrative to... This is exactly what's needed for me. Surrender. Let's see what happens. And I went to the tools that I learned. I started meditating more. I went outside on more hikes. I calmed myself. I asked, you know, whatever's for me, let it be called forward. Whatever's for me, let it be called forward. I started really believing that I'm nothing's going to break me. You're not going to break me. The trail didn't break me. The Ironmans didn't break me. The breakups didn't break me. The world traveled in. You're not going to break me. I'm made for this. And all I could do is sit down at night and I'd open up my book and I'd start writing out everything that I learned from 2000 and from the trail, right? Onward. What were all the little things that really elevated me as a person? What really brought me to my real sense of what I think is so important, which is, you know, self-love. Like what brought me there? What made me feel like you don't have to pay me and I'll do this every day. And that was a quest I was on for a long time. And next thing you know, I have these like 12 things that, that men should focus on, right? And I didn't have a business yet. And all of a sudden, 
I like, you know, I come from the fashion industry as well. And I love things that like the Wu-Tang where it's like a, it's phonetically like cream has an abbreviation. So looked at the word man, I flipped the A upside down. It was MVN and MVN is an abbreviation for a movement, right? Movement and then a man movement. So immediately I just, you know, go daddy, MVN movement available. I don't even know what this is. I'm going to buy it, right? Buy it. I go to Instagram, MVM movement, bruh, available. Whew, I'm going to buy it. I go to G Suite, MVM, Gerald at MVMMovement.com. I have no idea what MVM movement is going to be. I have no idea. All I know is I got 12 lessons and I got this name. And then I just sat there every day and I pieced a little bit more into the the pillars, right? The 12 lessons. And then started really getting curious about the questioning and how can I help men unlock through curiosity rather than finger pointing? Because I felt like I had spent so much money being around coaches and people and things that it was all about telling. It wasn't about you arriving to your own conclusion through the work, right? The work is what gets you to say, this is what I want to do. So I kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And you know, the money's going like this. Every month I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what am I going to do? And I, this is really like a little woo-woo-y, but I think it's important for anyone listening is, you know, life will test you to see how available you are to receive, right? It's going to test you. So I see the money going down and my old boss from Vegas hits me up and says, yo, why don't you come to Vegas? I'm opening up all these new places and I need, I need, I need you back in my life. So great intentions. Like, thanks for giving me an opportunity. I fly out there and I'm looking at all the places and my inner me is dying. I'm like, I cannot believe I have to go back to this. Like, I cannot believe this is what I'm going to do again. After all that travel knowledge, I'm going to go back to nightlife, Jerry. Can't believe this. And I remember going home and he's like, I'll get back to you with an offer and da 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 da. And my mentor, Ken, calls me and he's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm just checking in. I say, You know, Ken, and blah, blah, blah. And I got to take this job and I don't really want to do it. And he's like, Well, let me ask you something. I said, What? And he said, At what expense does taking that job hold upon you? And I said, What do you mean? He said, how much time will it take away from your real dream? I said, take all my time. And he said, why are you doing it? And I said, I got to make money. And he goes, that's all this is about? I said, yeah. And he said, I'll call you back. I'm like, all right. Literally five minutes later, I get a phone call from this woman I've never met. Her name's Laura. And she's like, when KO, Ken Owen, when KO calls me and he says, do a personal favor, I drop everything. So I'm going to help you. Now I'm thinking, is this woman's husband going to be my first client for man movement? Like I have no clients. I have nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this woman? She's like, da, 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 tell me about your life. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. She starts asking my, how much money I'm making. I'm like, whatever. Next thing I know, she owns a PPP loan company. And she goes, cool. I just got you $16,000. It'll be there in two days. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, don't worry about it. There's a forgiveness on it too. And plus it's not a lot of money. And I'm like, not a lot of money. That's like three, three months survival for me right there. Living good, you know, five grand going to air one and stuff. And I just, the stress went away and then the focus went to man movement. And then all the men that needed to be served, they didn't do any marketing. 
I didn't buy any ads. I didn't get any algorithm. I just said, whoever needs to be with this medicine, whoever needs to be served, let them come forward. You fell into my life through Tyson. Everyone had a degree of separation that came into that group. And then this, then once we did that group, I learned so much. I over delivered, giving everyone one-on-one coaching the 12 weeks, whatever, because I wanted to earn my stripes. You know, a lot of people I meet, they want to be the superhero, the superstar from hello. They don't want to walk in the rain, right? They don't want to suffer. They don't want to lose all their money. They don't want to be kicked around the dirt and be on the ground and come out of that, the Phoenix rising. They want to be, oh, I'm a superstar. I'm super funded. So I said, I'm going to give these guys everything. And if transformation happens, I'm worthy of something. If it doesn't, great experience. I'll either get better, but I'm not going to, you know, I need to make some pivots here. And I will say every guy of that group, the, 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 the experience that I got from receiving from being of service was the absolute most rewarding thing I've ever done. So I said, this is it. This is what gets me out of bed. You don't have to pay me. And then container two came and it got bigger and coaches became, uh, students became, you know, support coaches. And then watching you guys go off, like you going and telling me on one-on-ones that you want to do a podcast and then you're freaking doing it. And I'm like, bro, this is the ripple effect. Like this is actual contextual change. Like men are seeing themselves and living their dreams. Like what else do you want in life? The bankroll, bro. I stopped thinking about money after I got that PPP loan and miracles happen all the time, all the time now, like never worry about it, living fine. But it's, it was, when you talk about commitment, sometimes it's not about the commitment to the amount of hours you can put in. Are you committed to the vision, the dream? How committed are you to stand there when it's really difficult? So that's the desire part. If you're not emotionally invested and connected to that dream, then it's just lip service. Because when it gets hard, you're going to break. You're going to go home. You're going to go get that six-figure check and then be a miserable you-know-what. And you'll probably come to man movement and say, I don't know why I'm so rich, but I'm miserable. <laughs> the, when, when I started doing the work with man movement and – one of the first modules I remember was self-love and it's kind of the theme of like the whole thing really in my yep. opinion. Um, but self-love, how important was it for you to have self-love when you were starting your journey to create man movement and to be of service to others? Hmm. You know, self-love is the, the key to everything. And that was a question I had asked, you know, I went to, tarot card readers, uh, shamans, healers, uh, breathwork experts, you know, uh, trauma healers, childhood inner child wound healer, like, and not to devalue what these people are doing, right? But I, I went to everyone and paid for it, right? Heal me, help me. Well, what do you want? I just want to love myself. And I would ask all these people, how do you, how do you love yourself? No one ever had an answer. Like, you want to get ripped? Check your macros and work out twice a week. Here's your workout program. You're ripped, right? Simple. It's linear. 
You want self-love? What do you do? And that was like a quest for me, right? Like, what is the self-love piece? And the self-love piece came in during that trip, you know, and I realized that all the ayahuasca ceremonies in the world, all of the healing, all the tarot card readers, at some point, the hands that come out to help you have to go away. And the only person who's ever going to truly help you in this world find out who you are is when you look within and you face off with the truth. If you're a guy who breaks his word, face off on that. Why? Get curious. What has me breaking my word? Right? And when you realize the finger that you've been pointing, it's only one out, but there's three in. So I came and realized that the root of everything that was happening to me, I'm looking at it. It's me. And that's like, like when you sit back and go, it's you, dude. Right? So I came to the truth of that. But then I used the tools and the techniques around to lean in and stop shaming myself for them and then learning how to love myself more and to say, okay, you're the guy that doesn't, when you say something, there's no integrity there. Great. We know that. End of story. How do you become the guy that when he speaks, it's weighted in gold. So slow down, right? And I taught you the three second rule, slow down and only say what you truly feel here. So when people used to say to me, yo, you want to come out tonight? No, I don't. Well, what do you mean? That's kind of a brash response. Maybe that's how you took it, but I'm just not enrolled in going out. I'm, I'm on my vision. I'm going to stay home and work on my stuff. That's cheesy. Okay. Now I build self-worth, personal power, confidence. And all those people that gaslight you are the ones that are impressed by you. Yo, that guy's kind of like doing his own thing. What's up with him? Right? They're intrigued by your intensity for your own personal mastery. So I put self-love in that was the second thing that came out because it's like, once you get committed, right? I'm committed to being the best version of me. Amazing. Second module, self-love. Peel back the mask, look in the mirror and face off. This is who you're showing up as. It's not who you are. It's who you're showing up as, showing up in this world as. Who do you want to be? And when you speak who you want to be, that's really who you are. It's not a pipe dream. It's really your inner self calling out saying, please connect with that person. And now the journey begins of facing off. And a lot of, a lot of the men that come in, that's the breaking point, right? They get to self-love. They do the commitment. Uh, they do the mirror work, right? Clean the mirror where you talk to yourself on your phone. You carry that around with you and you play it back so you could see your higher self talking to you. Now it starts peeling away. You either go into the fire and you deal or you step away and point the finger. This isn't for me. I don't have time. I don't, I don't care about the money. I, I, I don't need this. So I don't like the way it's structured. Oh, the calls don't fit my schedule. But, but anything instead of just going, wow. All right, that's me. Okay, I'm going to lean into that. Okay. And that's when the expansion happens. For me, that was it, you know? That was very simple. It was such a simple thing that I searched for almost a decade, right? And it was so clear. Just, just face off with, with the truth, you know? And stop shaming yourself to drop the shame game. Men love the shame game.
I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not ripped. I'm not abundant. This and that. It's, it'll never get you anywhere. And comparison is the, the kiss of the devil, you know? Newsflash, men watching this, they'll always be a hotter guy than you. They'll always be a faster dude. They'll always be a guy that can power clean more. The guy who's got more O's in his bank account than you do. He's got a hotter girlfriend. He's got a bigger house. Never endless. But if you have this tremendous love for yourself, you have something that men want to know. What's your secret? How are you so happy? I love this guy. I love this guy. I love who I am. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the... The, the, out of all the exercises there there's always a lesson uh it's not always it's not about the exercise in general it's about mm. the the lesson behind it and for example like the running exercise and man movement you you're gonna do some exercise some physical don't scare exercise. them off yet <laughs> don't scare them off yet <laughs> it's good it's good for no, your good. mind yeah, it's body good. it's good for everything but it, yeah. even with let's say if you're just want to go to the gym more and then it, you, you start noticing how you show up for a little run. And then you, you, when you're aware, you can see where else am I doing that in my life? And this is what helped mm -hmm. me a lot, right? Because it's not, it's not the run that I don't feel like doing. Because why? what's the positive that's going to come out of this run? What's the negative that's going to come out of the run? I'm going to be a little sweaty. But the positive is going to be, it's always going to be much greater when it comes to like physical exercise if you're not doing a Appalachian trail or something. I don't know, but, <laughs> but it's, it's the resistance to what, 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 what thoughts are coming up, right? Cause throughout the 90 days, there's a lot of thoughts of like, why, why don't I want to do this? Why don't I want to be committed? And then one of our, I remember of several of our calls, you, you asked me, you know, where else is that showing up in my life? Right. And that that's such an important thing because we live life so unconsciously that that's one of the hardest things to do is to look in the mirror because we yes. work so hard at avoiding seeing who we really are showing up as. And that's that's one of the biggest things, I think, is once you start looking in the mirror and you understand that these little things that you or I weren't, weren't doing, or, you know, if I'm being lazy and not trying to run, like where else is that bleeding into my life? Because inevitably it will bleed into many areas of your life. How you do one thing is generally how you do everything. Exactly. Right? You know, the running, why we put that in there, right? It's not to, to like, Hey, let's, let's, you know, physically torture people. You know, it's really, to show you that if you choose to stay consistent, if you choose to run the three point run or walk 3.3 miles every day, hundred miles in a month is a breeze, but it's when you use Friday night, right? And you get back from work a little late girl or your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever you're into is like, yo, let's hit the town. You know, COVID's lifted a little bit. Let's go out. You get back. It's 12 midnight. And you're like, Oh shit, I'll do them tomorrow. But now it's 6.6. .6. Now you run that 6.6. .6, the meter don't stop because you need a break. The next day it's 3.3. .3. So now the body's taxed from the 6.6. .6, now you got to do the 3.3. .3. So the running is to test your character. 
How committed are you? How committed are you to what? Your word. So you said, I'm in. I'm going to run 3.3. Then the psychology behind it is when you get home at 12 midnight, you put your headlamp on. Now, this is like the Iron Man in me, right? I get high off that shit. When someone looks at me, like if my girlfriend looks at me and goes, what are you doing? I'm getting my miles in. It's 1230 at night. What are you crazy? Maybe I am, but I'm crazy committed to what I said to those men. So I'm going to run. It's dangerous out there. It's dangerous to walk across the street. I got this. I like that hardening, the calcification of your mind. Because if you don't have a level of discipline like that, you're going to buckle when life comes at you. And then when you do that and you come home, I'd sleep with a grin on my face saying, I'm cut a little differently. I'm going to go when most people want to be comfortable in their bed. Now, there's a fine line. You don't want to be a sadist, right? And abuse yourself to get those kind of results. And remember, it's only a 30-day window, right? And I believe balance and challenge play a very harmonious relationship in your life. You've got to be challenged, but then you have to go back to balance. You don't want to do the madness all the time because then what happens? Quit comes in. The body can't maintain it. So you go into injury, you go into lag, and then you're, I, and then you're on, the, on the bench healing. But it's very healthy to challenge the mind. And when you're doing Ironmans, it's not physical. Everyone's in tip-top shape. It's you do the swim, you're feeling good, you just swim 2.6 miles. Now you get on that bike, you ride 114 miles, right? Then you get into the run, and you hit mile, well, this is for me, maybe a different view, you hit mile 13 and all of a sudden the body goes, and we're tired. And now the voice in your head comes in. Take it easy, dude. You're not trying to win this thing. You're not even, you don't even know what place you're in. Walk a mile. Take it easy. This hurts. My knee and hip is starting to hurt. This and that. That's, when you lean into that voice and you bring in the, the inner warrior in you, you talk to that voice. You don't avoid, oh, I don't want to hear it. I listen. I say, yeah, you done? Here's the deal, homie. We're running. And the worst thing that's going to happen is I pass out. Someone will pick me up off the ground. But you don't pay rent upstairs anymore. You don't get to speak to me like that. We're doing this race because we're committed to this race and we're going to run till we can't run no more. And then the warrior takes over. All right, sit to the sidelines, have a coconut smile and some popcorn. We'll see at the end. And you get that other vision in your mind. You go and you go and you go. So can you activate and deactivate that part of you? That's what the running's about. You know, are you going to go when it's, I'm tired, I'm sore. I don't like this. Why am I doing? I don't get a medal. Jerry doesn't give me a bag of money. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of alluded to it by by challenging. It's it's so important to challenge your mind, but then go to a sustainable habit. Yes. Right. And, and we do this in the in, in the movement, but it, it's I, I truly believe rituals determine how much we can accomplish in a day and ultimately in a year and a lifetime. And Absolutely. the rituals are, are, are crucial in that. Uh, how can we develop rituals that actually empower us daily? Cause I know that's a big part of, uh, of what you'd help us do, but how can we 
and you know start doing those little habits those little rituals morning and right. evening or whatever like meditation because you're really good at that and that obviously is a trait that many successful people have most i believe right. <laughs> but how, how can we start developing those those little rituals yeah it's a, uh, you know i thought about this because a lot of people tell me i don't have time which I find interesting because you have the same amount of hours that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have. So how do you not have time? It's, do you have time to love yourself? See, that should be the priority and business should take second to that. When you're optimized and firing beautifully, you're more productive, more creative, more functional. So people think that's a waste of time. It's actually the perfect amount of time. So let's just say, give me an hour. Okay. Take an hour and bucket it to the 20, 20, 20, right? 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. What can you do in 20 minutes that lifts you, right? So if you are if you think meditation is your thing and you only got 10, meditate for 10 minutes, come out of that meditation, right? And maybe journal. If you don't like journaling, maybe put on affirmations, right? But we wanna cultivate something in the mind. Then you wanna take it to the body, right? So maybe just do a quick 20 minute, just do some burpees, pull-ups, push-ups. Just get the body pumping, right? I've been loving cold plunges. I, I look at it like a plug and play sequence. You have 20, 20, 20. What do you need to elevate you? Because what I need might be different. So what does Musa need, right? I've been doing, I get up, I go into the cold plunge now. I like it. Cold plunge into the jacuzzi. I come out, shower, get the chlorine off me, come back. Then I meditate. I come out of the meditation. I do my five minutes of gratitude. Then I go outside and now I just like to gaze. I like to just still in the calmness of the things that are around me and just get ready. I don't want any noise or voice or sound. That's what I need in the moment. Then it'll shift to maybe I need to chant. Maybe I need to write more. Okay. So how you catalyze the morning is to pick an hour and break it down into three sequences. What do you really need? Are you stiff? Stretch. Do you want to hear positive affirmations? Put them on while you're stretching, right? Give yourself that hour. But equally as important to the AM is what you do in the PM. If you go to bed, you're a Netflix guy, you a YouTube guy, you watch things, right? You absorb that and then you shut the lights off. The psyche gets it. It's so important to turn off the system and how you turn down and how you get into bed and how you say thanks, right? Is we're arrogant. We're arrogant as human beings. We think we get tomorrow, right? Call your parents, say, hey, thank you. For what? Just thank you. I love you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Is everything all right? You know, if you have an Italian mother like me, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I just want to tell you I love you and thank you. For, thank you for having me, the opportunity to be on this planet. Kiss your girlfriend, your boyfriend next to you, whatever it is, right? Get down on your hands and knees. Go outside and say, thank you for another one, chief. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm grateful if I get tomorrow. Show some gratitude, man. People just go to bed like ah, da, 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 tomorrow, grab my phone, boop, 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 swipe right, swipe left. Da, da, da. It's like there's no more presence to the joy of just being here. So I always activate in the morning and I deactivate at night.
Isn't it interesting? Your MacBook has a sleep mode. What did they just come up with that from nowhere? Power down. You gotta power it down. So I always say, give yourself an hour in the morning, an hour at night, and at nighttime. You know, I've incorporated in Brian Carney from one of our uh, one of our groups, right? He told me he re he read twenty pages a day consistently for a year, and he read twenty eight books. And I said, really, that's it? 20 pages a day? And he said, yeah, it takes me about like 30, 40 minutes. So I'm a big, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't exist. So I started putting in seven to eight. I said, back to school. Because I said, when you were in school, you were always learning, right? We stopped learning. So I said, I want to learn more. So giving myself one hour a day to read and learn. So I know I'm guaranteed 28 books by the end of the year if I stick to it. I also found out that writing out what I want to accomplish tomorrow, the night before, is like if I had 14 assistants, you know, and I was a high level CEO, I come into work and they go, here's your day, here's your meeting, here's your thing, here's what you're going to do, here's this call. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's go. I'm ready. Marketing meeting, advertising meeting, right? But we don't have 14. We're not a big level CEO just yet, right? So I make myself my CEO. So when I get up in the morning, I say, all right, I got Musa at this time. I'm going to prepare. I got this call. I got this group. I'm going to do an hour in social. I'm going to do this, that. Let me tell you something. Your day looks a hell of a lot different when you got it all lined out. Opposed to people who fought around all day. They're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't know what to do. You don't have a plan. There's no plan. Absolutely, man. When When there's no plan, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So... I appreciate yeah. you, man. This this has been amazing. I've been so excited to to reconnect with you, man. I know you're extremely busy helping, changing lives. Uh, before we wrap this up, I'm gonna link all your stuff, but just uh, cool. for you, where where can people uh, continue this conversation with you, Jerry? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, if you're if you're new and curious to self development, and you're curious about what we do, you're not ready to stick your whole body into the ocean. Uh, you can go to MBM Movement, join the tribe. It's under resources, and you could be a part of our, you know, our community called the MBM Tribe. We meet weekly on a Zoom call. It's a brotherhood growing all around the world. We have a private Telegram channel, and it's just great topics, support in a community for you just to really get a little bit out of what we do. Um, if you're interested in really elevating yourself to your highest expression and going all in, you could apply for our upcoming container. It's on um, join the movement tab and you'll just fill out an application. We only take 33 guys. Um, so there is, you know, a little bit of a vetting process, but go there, fill it out. And someone from me or someone from my team will reach out and set up an interview. And we go from there. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, if anything uh, that lines with this podcast, right? The first and best victories to conquer self the MVN movement is definitely a step in that direction, self-mastery. Uh, and it's, it's my whole mission here. So thank you for coming on and sharing your greatness with us. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being a living, breathing example of what it means to truly chase your dreams, regardless of what the outcome might be. But when you live in passion, you find your purpose and you did it. And it's super awesome to be here. It's a, it's a great blessing. So thank you. Absolutely. And nothing is done as an individual, right? Success is a team sport. 
men mm-hmm. always often try to figure it all out by themselves, but it's about having a community, having a tribe, having people you can depend on, lean in on right. a community, a coach, mentor, and that's how you get everything you ever want. Thank you, brother. Thank you. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.